This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And hello, everyone. This is Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It's us guys again, your automotive experts. Les Jackson here at the wheel of the freshly washed Cruise Control van. And Fred Staub over in the passenger seat bailing out the water from the leaks in the roof. Yeah, it's how we wash the carpeting, which is more like just cardboard cut to, you know. Yeah, well, Over uh, the rusted and of course, the, the wash I'm referring to, it, 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 we went through the rain. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it does look better. It, it certainly does, Les. It, it certainly looks presentable, for, certainly for a full hour of automotive news. And we're starting with a mystery this hour, Les Jackson. The dyno mystery. Could the new Corvette C8 have more than 490 horsepower? Like a lot more. Will tell you about the mystery. This, this uh, smacks of the old days. Anyway, uh, over at Toyota, Supra owners will be getting new cars because their ride can't be fixed. <laughs> That's some Supra owners. Not wow, owners. yes, some. Yeah. Supra, but boy, any is a major thing. Yeah. And uh, what does a fully loaded 2020 Chevy Camaro cost? Well, you might be surprised. And the government gets a low-volume lawsuit, and we're not talking about the level of audio on your sound system. Pretty interesting uh, ruling here and actions, and uh, we'll talk a lot about it. That's right, and uh, parts of the new Ford Bronco could be removable. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about the guys that uh, strip your car overnight. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. While well, it's parked. I, I tell you, there's a lot of excitement about the Bronco and the baby Bronco. Matter of fact, I saw a picture online that was leaked of the baby Bronco body in white. It doesn't even wasn't even body in white. It had no paint on it. And it was going through an assembly line, and it looks pretty cool. I'm I'm excited about both of them, frankly, because uh, I think they're going to be cool. Yeah, um, they're heavily awaited. And uh, all that, and I'll have an at-the-wheel review of the Fiat Abarth 500 when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. That's the show you're tuned into. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. It's all there. Check out the podcast edition. Find out to how to subscribe to that if you just can't get enough of Cruise Control Radio. It's all there, cruisecontrolradio.com. When we come back, we will try to unravel this mystery. I've got a few thoughts on it. I know Wes will have a few thoughts on it. But could the Corvette C8 have a tremendous amount of horsepower, more than 495? All that on Cruise Control Radio when we come back.
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Is your car starting to show its age? Over time, paint becomes oxidized, faded, and scratched. But you can restore that tired paint and repair those scratches with the paint restoration system from 3M. It's an affordable way to make those repairs in your garage in just one afternoon with basic tools. The kit contains all of the restoration products and polishing pads you need to bring your vehicle's paint back to like new condition. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. And you're back in at Cruise Control Radio with Fred Stobb and Les Jackson, your on-air automotive magazine. We have a mystery, Les Jackson, on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. And it comes from our friends at Motor Trend, who got to borrow a, uh, well, I don't know whether you call it a pre-production or an early production Corvette. It does have a, does have a VIN code, uh, and it's number 10 off the line. It's a 2020 C8 Chevy Corvette, of course, the mid-engine one. And that is rated at 495 horsepower, right? Now, normally... That means horsepower at the crankshaft, right? That's right. And you can, rough numbers, 15% you would lose to all your loss in the drivetrain, you know, um, the rear end gears, the tires, the any, anything that would, the parasitic loss of the drivetrain would, would typically, it, it loses about 15%. Now, while Motor Trend had the vehicle, they went over to their local... Uh, chassis dyno, which is, uh, I think the Brits call it a moving rolling roadway. road, a rolling road. That's what they call it. And they put the car on, they're going to do some dyno pulls on it. And they did six of them and they got some interesting numbers. The first run, which they took up to fifth gear came out at the rear tires, 558 horsepower, 515 pound feet of torque. That's at the wheels. That's, uh, well, you know, in many ways, it's not surprising. They, they have underspecced these engines. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Chevy could change the, uh, you know, the, the chip <laughs> to reduce it, but they probably figure, well, you know, we'll just let these, let these do what they can do. Well, also, too, I mean, a chassis dyno, we've had uh, Chevy engineers, GM engineers say they would never use that in evaluating anything because it's, it's not that accurate. Yeah, I think a lot of the, I think a typical chassis dyno, just because it's used every day, um, I think they're usually 10% off. I remember, though, watching uh, at Carlisle at the Chrysler Nationals, there were five uh, Vipers. And most of them were stock, and they all went up, and they were all pretty close, within 10 or 20 horsepower, right? And I thought, that's pretty impressive. That's telling me that that's, you know, it's giving you a usable number of horsepower, right? And then I also remember there's some loudmouth guys like, I I put thousands of dollars into my engine. I'm going to blow this thing off the off the uh dyno right and he goes up and he had like 200 horsepower less than everyone else (laughs) that's right (laughs) and he went he walked away with his tail between his legs he's saying this isn't good that's wrong Uh, uh." so 
It, uh, but, you know, in that case, I saw five cars go and they were all pretty close. So I thought, yeah. And and it was like a number where it was 15% off of what, you know, the factory had specced it at. I forget what the spec was for that. But um, what they're saying now in this first poll, if they got 558 horsepower at the wheel, that the engine itself at the crank could have been putting out 656 horsepower. <laughs> Well, that's probably pretty. Uh, yeah, I I doubt that. I mean, they you know they know what they're doing at the factory. And they did another pull. The lowest pull that they got for horsepower at the wheels was four seventy eight and five hundred thirty six pound feet of torque. So if it's rated at four ninety five, to only lose that much horsepower at the wheels, it's probably got more than four hundred. 95 horsepower. It's got to. There was a rumor going around town at the reveal that it, it probably was over 500 horsepower, but they weren't saying. Because we said, why wouldn't you tune it to 505 or 510, you know? And I feel it probably does have five in the low 500s. That's what my estimated guess is. I, I think it does, yeah. Um, they figure, you know, why not? Uh, it It give it more than it needs uh it goes through the warranty period without any problems yeah but uh what can you know in your in your background how how can uh horsepower numbers vary from the same car to car i mean they they're they're not built like the irock cars were where they were exactly the same what kind of variance can you get in a horsepower between the same? Uh, tr well, actually, a lot of variance. It depends on how well balanced the crankshaft is, how tight each of the uh, pistons fits in the cylinders. Mm -hmm. And you would think, okay, if three or four thousandths doesn't make a difference, but it does. That's why all these guys building race engines go all out to super balance them and super machine them and, uh, and go through all those details to eke out every little bit. Hey, these may have been tweaked, you know, uh, just because they're the first engines. Who knows? Who knows? Hey, we'll have more on the Corvette C8 uh, coming up on Cruise Control Radio. we got a lot coming up, too, a lot of stories, so stay tuned because we will be right back. Buckle up. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We, uh, we're just really enjoying a lot of the 2020 model uh, descriptions and a lot going on and and of course there are some rather upsetting news on some of them in this case the toyota supra mm -hmm. which as we have mentioned before is uh, is a bmw based uh car z4 z4 yeah and uh looks like there are some problems in some of these new uh toyota supers the owners uh Seven of them have had have problems of them. Yes, well, seven of them is more than more than one, mm -hmm. uh, but less than ten. So that's <laughs> good. But of all the odd things, this is a, a seatbelt 
mount that can't be fixed. Mm -hmm. It may not, according to a NHTSA document, it may not have been welded to specifications and could become a problem in a crash. Uh, But here's the word. They can't fix it because they can't get to it somehow uh, without cutting the car apart. (laughs) Very weird. So these owners... All seven of them will get new supers. And there's no choice. Uh, you know, the, the, the cars are decertified by NHTSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't legally own it or drive it. Right. Uh, or sell it, for that matter. Can you sell the drivetrain, though? Wouldn't that drivetrain well, be great in something uh, else? I, I'm it's quite not... sure that Toyota, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, of tax uh, uh, considerations and all these other things, they're going to have to take these back and salvage what they can out of them. It might be used as a development car, though. You could put, you know, you could put an, I would put an aftermarket harness in it, you know, and and fasten it in new locations, you know, put a five-point harness in it, and then you could use these cars for testing, right? They could. You could. You could. You could use them for internal, um, internals, let the engineers drive them. Yeah. With different harnesses, different uh, brackets. Yeah, but it's but, a, uh, it seems a shame is, to waste them. It's just a shame to see these things um, essentially tossed aside. But here we've got a company that is standing by their owners, saying, "Look, we'll make it good." Yeah, exactly. And uh, while you may have fallen in love with that Supra, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Don't get uh, right. too close to it. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting story about Camaro. Uh, Camaro, the configurator, has gone li- live, Les. And uh, do you like playing with configurators? They're fun, yeah. Yeah, you can build whatever you want. And um, Corvette did a great thing where you could actually uh, download the photo of what your car looked like and post it. It was it was smart because everyone posted it on uh uh, social media, and they got a lot of uh, people looking at cars and thinking about Corvettes. But the online configurator for the Camaro 2020 is hot. And um, if you remember, when I drove had this, it had the black bumper. They did away with that because that apparently really turned people off. The black bar kind of looked like it was a grill from the from the the bottom of the hood all the way down to the um, the tip of the spoiler. And so they've done away with that. They quickly changed that. Uh, there's a new trim level, a new LT1 trim level that takes all the features of the 1LT trim but adds the 455 horsepower 6.2 liter V8 from the SS trim. So you can get into that a little bit cheaper. Uh, the 2020 Camaro LT1 is now the cheapest model in the lineup to pack a V8 starting at 34,995 that's excluding destination so figure figure uh, that's another grand on top of that uh, and 37,995 for the SS trim but what if you wanted to order the top of the line ZL1 less well that starts at 62,995 with a 6 speed manual or 64,590 with an automatic that's a lot. Pop for a premium color, extra three ninety five. Center stripes, yeah, they're pretty popular in Camaros. Four seventy, 
And then there's a 1LE Extreme Track Performance Package, which I know you would get for $7,500, which adds satin black hood wrap, unique front splitter, front dive plane, visible carbon weave hood insert, 19-inch gloss black painted wheels, and an auto-dimming rearview mirror, which is kind of funny that that's in that package, isn't it? Comes out of nowhere. It does seem kind of, yeah. Uh, And another weird one is the... uh visible carbon insert in the fuel filler cap (laughs) who cares now if you add all this stuff on there all those things red seat belts too um and a carbon fiber style shift knob seventy nine thousand five hundred and fifteen. wow why not just buy a corvette well there's a thought isn't there (laughs) so that's a if you if you're so inclined go over there and and configure yourself a new um, a new mustang <laughs> that's a slip a new camaro um and see if you can get it up to seventy nine thousand dollars especially with that fuel filler cap one of your favorites isn't man it? that just seems crazy yeah so you're listening to cruise control radio your on-air automotive magazine i'm fred Stobb. he's les jackson um Interesting uh, auction by the feds, Les. Uh, Je- Jeff and Paulette Karpoff, who founded the mobile solar generators company uh, DC Solar, uh, have uh, basically uh, perpetrated an $800 million investment scheme. They had 149 vehicles in their collection. And guess what? The government's kind of going to auction them off, the U.S. Marshals. It is a big collection of cars, uh, and this is kind of a first for them. It includes quite a unique selection, Uh, everything from 1990 Humvees, 1960s-era Mustangs, Chevrolet Camaros from several decades, a 39 Buick Roadmaster, a 51 Chevy Thriftmaster 3100 pickup, Uh, And even a commemorative uh, Pontiac Trans Am that was owned by Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And he signed it. Be safe, Burt Reynolds. It's very, very interesting. Apparently, there's tons of uh, fleet cars, too. A whole bunch of fleet cars, electric fleet cars that they used. Um but uh, there were nearly 150 muscle cars and luxury vehicles. See, pretty cool, right? Well, you know, when, when you commit these crimes, um, you know, the, the government can come after you and just take all everything you've got, which is which they should, because people that commit these terrible financial scams really deserve the punishment. I'm uh, I'm just interested in this auction. I think that's uh, some pretty cool stuff. Would you go for the Burt, Burt Reynolds car? Well, I was never very fond of the looks of that car, but uh, there are an awful lot of people that love them. Yeah, I think uh, I think they would. Uh, you know, that will be popular for sure. Uh, when we're talking about government things, Les, apparently, according to this report. Thousands of auto buyers may have improperly claimed more than $70 million in tax credits for purchases of new plug-in electric vehicles. 
using ineligible cars and trucks. Yes, if you're a big block dually, <laughs> if you took an EV tax <laughs> credit for that, you're probably in trouble. Uh, the questionable claims were found on over 16,000 individual tax returns during a five-year period, uh, and that compares to more than $1.4 billion paid in credits to almost 240,000 taxpayer credits over the same period. What do you think they do about this? Do they go back and then remember they only have a certain number of tax credits? Do they do they go back, get the money from these people, and then put those tax credits back in the in the Oh list? yes. I guarantee they go back and get the money back. Oh yeah. When we come back, we're gonna tell you about this low volume lawsuit and why parts of the Ford Bronco are removable. All that and more on Cruise Control Radio. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. It's the show you're listening to right here, right now. We're glad you're along for the ride. We're in the Cruise Control van. We're being me, Fred Stobb. The other guy, Les Jackson, and you are along in the back with your five-point seat belt harness firmly attached because we've got a lot more stories to get to. We have like a, a government theme going here, Les. We told you about the, them seizing the assets of that company for the scam and, and 150 muscle cars and then uh, people uh, inappropriately claiming uh, the EV electric car tax credits and now the government is being sued for hurting low volume automakers now we need a little history here this goes back to a 2015 law i remember this i remember people talking a lot about this at sema uh, it's called the fast act and it's weirdly means fixing america's surface transportation act right Right. Weird, but this is what it means. It includes a provision where low-volume automakers would be allowed to sell up to 325 replica versions of cars built at least 25 years ago. And this was kind of a, um, a, a deal driven by the Specialty Equipment Market Association, or SEMA. And uh, I remember specifically it dealt with DeLorean. There was a guy that bought all the parts, uh, all the extras of the DeLorean Motor Company. I believe he's down in Texas. And he wanted to start building new DeLorean uh, vehicles, but with a modern drivetrain. But if, he, if this fast act passed, that would mean he wouldn't have to crash test them. They wouldn't need airbags. Um all that. He wouldn't even have to do emissions testing on them. Although I, I definitely would put a better engine in there. I know You know what I would put in there? I, I put in one of those uh, crate engines, the green crate engines, the five threes that come with the... Yeah, I mean, it just makes the most sense to do that. Converters. Yeah, you probably have to do some, uh, some pretty wicked exhaust work to get that short exhaust in there. But I think that would be an ideal engine. Modern fuel-injected catalytic converters, it would make it a much better car. Uh, the government had a uh, provision that they had to have this underway 
uh, and they were warned by NHTSA in, uh, they warned NHTSA, SEMA warned NHTSA in 2018 that they would file a suit if the companies could not begin production of turnkey cars as authorized by the FAST Act. SEMA has made every effort to work collaboratively with, with NHTSA over the past three and a half years. This is according to the SEMA president, uh, Christopher J. Kirsting. Uh, although the agency has taken no action to implement the replica car law. Consequently, companies have not hired workers, businesses have lost money, and consumers have been denied, been denied the rights to purchase replica cars. That's where that stands. What do you think? Yeah, about? so I think the government will ago. relent. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go through all the red tape and all that. Yeah. The FAST Act requires NHTSA to issue regulations, as many as necessary, to implement the law, but the agency also has other options, such as issuing what is known as a guidance document, which would allow small-volume manufacturers to begin production immediately. Um, I just rode in uh, the Gateway Bronco, which is a it is an older Bronco that they put a new drivetrain in, and they uh, modernize it, and they, they use... Uh, a GT350 engine in it with cats and all that. And uh, I was talking with Seth, the owner of that company. He's going to come on the show. And he was talking about this FAST Act. It, will it, will it, you know, how it will help him. And uh, I'm sure he would like to see that guidance letter formed up pretty quickly, right? That's right. And uh, the Morgan company uh, has a model that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be built out of wood? Redo. So, uh, yeah, Mor- I, I Morgan, think, Morgan's you know, built it, out of wood, isn't it? Doesn't have a wood frame. It's yeah, ash. They're made of ash, um, skinned with metal. And they have the engine out front, don't they? Like a, a right. twin. That's the Morgan. That's what I'm thinking of. Right. Yeah. The old, uh, the old Morgan. Um, it's very. It's really a very. Uh, Old design. A very Spartan kind of a car, but <laughs> neat looking. I always thought you could take a Harley engine and put it out there instead. That would be perfect, wouldn't it? Uh, I think the Morgan engine's a little bit bigger. Yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah, things like the Morgan, uh, our person I mentioned with the Broncos, uh, DeLorean. The DeLorean guy has a full warehouse of parts. He has everything for DeLoreans. So, yeah, he can build a few hundred cars. Can build a few hundred cars and, and certainly with a better powertrain. What did that have? It had a V6 out of, was that a Peugeot? That's a uh, Renault. It's either Peugeot or Renault. Yeah. So not not the powerhouse it could be these days. No, they, a lot of those uh, early original ones were converted. There's a... Uh, they, they, there was a Holly four-barrel uh, carburetor and intake that was developed for them. Hey, I got an idea, Les. How about those Supra drivetrains from the cars they can't repair? Perfect, perfect. <laughs> that would be that would be perfect for it, right? So anyway, we will keep you up to date on this uh, fast law, what happens with it. And uh, as I say, we'll have our friend uh, from Gateway uh, Bronco on to discuss it too as well. So stay tuned for Cruise Control uh, to cover that story. We're keeping you up to date. 
You remember when Lincoln uh, reissued their uh, coach doors on their Continental? That's right. They yeah. stretched it out. There, it's it's actually done by Cabot Coach Builders in Massachusetts, and uh, I had a chance to sit in one of these things. It's beautiful, but it's going to cost you. So the standard all-wheel drive black label Lincoln, which is their top of the line full spec model. Goes for seventy five thousand four seventy, but if you want the coach door edition, that will start at one fifteen four seventy. Wow. Well, you are doing major surgery to it, and you have to <laughs> you're cutting it in half, and you have to uh, create that midsection there, you know, and engineer those doors. And uh, what, is it, what does it say? It doesn't take a brave man to buy a new car. It takes a brave man to cut a new car up. <laughs> it certainly is true. And you can't cut this one any more up. You're cutting it in half. Uh, so it's Pretty it, dramatic. But they do that uh, for the limos all the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, cer- certainly it, it looked beautiful when it was done. And I'm sure it was every bit as strong. And... Um, one thing I remember about that when looking at that up close, Les, they they did not put a vinyl roof on it because a lot of the limos, they put a vinyl roof on it because they can't get the bodywork nice over the roof because it's such a long roof and it, it would, you know, look wavy. And so they kind of cheat with uh, with a vinyl roof to distract you. This, this had a steel roof, no vinyl. So... They did yep. some serious work. Qual- quality work. They may even put a whole new roof on it, for all I know, and have it stamped. Who knows? But it 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 looked good. Whatever they did, it looked good. So, uh, so there you have it on the coach door. Uh, do you remember the coach door when it came out? The uh, electric shaver, uh, Continental, as I call it, the one from '64. Oh 64. yes, yes. Uh, and again, that was the same as the uh, late '60s T-Birds. It was the same actual. Um, chassis and basic body. Whoever thought there would be a T-Bird that, that <laughs> yes, was that size right. with coach doors in the back? I mean, you just wouldn't think that would that was supposed Pers- to be the competitor to the uh, to the Corvette, right? Well, originally, yes, but actually, Ford didn't want that. They wanted it to be a personal luxury car for well-salaried uh, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, the new patent, uh, we've been telling you a lot about the Ford Broncos coming up. Of course, the small baby Bronco and the full-size Bronco. And this was an interesting article. Uh, According to Full Size Bronco publication, uh, they have filed, Ford has filed a patent, not only for removable doors, but a removable roll bar in the new Ford Bronco. That's pretty yep. cool. Well, now we know what they'll do. I think this is a real challenge for Wrangler. Wrangler's got going to get some competition, aren't they? They sure are. There's a lot of people waiting. Yeah. Uh, and the smaller Bronco looks pretty cool, too. As I think I said earlier, that uh, there were some pictures on the web of that in the factory that were leaked out. But uh, a removable roof and removable roll bar and removable doors. You can take it apart yourself the new Ford Bronco. Hey, when we come back, we're going to have an at the wheel of the Fiat 500, a BART 
So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Feeling a little dim? Don't blame your brain or the weather. Hazy headlights may be the problem. Hazed or cloudy plastic headlights can reduce your vehicle's visibility on the road, making it very difficult to see the road and for other cars to see you. Now you can restore plastic headlight lenses to like new clarity with the Lens Renewal Kit from 3M, an easy-to-use solution for removing the yellowing and hazing that reduces headlight performance and visibility. For more information, visit www.3mcarcare.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Les and Fred, we are rolling through. We're going to have a at-the-wheel review in a moment, but we want to talk briefly about a thing called the Bloodhound. Yep. It's not a dog. No. That'd be cute, though. Uh, I like Bloodhounds. In, in fact, uh, it's a jet car mm-hmm. that's capable of, uh, well, the goal is and I think it's a crazy one. Is is to hit a thousand miles per hour for wow. the land speed record. Right. Uh, currently, the record is seven hundred and sixty-three point oh three five miles an hour, which is just scary enough. And this, the same guy, is going to be piloting the Bloodhound, right? That's right. Um, it's a, you know, this is, we're talking about things that cost many millions of dollars. Um, but the, uh, this guy, uh, Ian Warhorst is the, uh, guy who owns this. Yes. And, uh, the Bloodhound LSR is, uh, heading to South Africa for high speed testing in the desert down there. The Hakskinen Pan. I'm glad Desert? you said that. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that's South African for Sahara. Now, the power so- source for this Bloodhound is a Rolls-Royce EJ200 jet engine, which typically powers the Eurofighter, Typhoon Fighter, with nine tons of thrust. They also Boy. are adding a rocket engine to that as well. And this car, believe it or not, it's weighs six tons. Isn't that crazy? Well, I th- I think you you need a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing can't go airborne. Um, you certainly don't want it to, and it needs to be able to track rather strongly through the air. And uh, Andy Green, who is an ex fighter pilot and the guy who holds the current land speed record. At 763.035 miles an hour, will be at the helm. And if all goes well, this uh, vehicle should cover a full mile in 3.6 seconds on wheels designed to spin at up to 10,200 RPM. <laughs> That's pretty oh. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, would you, how much would you have to? paid to do this 
Uh, a lot. I, I think I'd rather talk about it on the radio, frankly. Me too. I, I, there are just some things that are so incredibly dangerous. Well, I have a, a vehicle that does not weigh uh, that much. It does not weigh uh, six tons, and it was quite fun. I, I doubt it will go 1,000 miles an hour. I hadn't tried. But uh, this is a vehicle that we soon will not be able to get in the U.S., and it is the Fiat 500, a Bart hatchback edition. It's Some people say it a Barth. It was a man, a Bart. I believe that's the way he said it. Um, and this is a fun little hot hatch. It's the little pear-shaped Fiat 500, uh, and it was in brilliantine red exterior paint uh, with a very cool red uh, seats on the inside. Power comes in from a 1.4-liter multi-air turbo engine, and uh, it is a six-speed automatic that does the shifting. Uh, what characterizes the Abart, uh, any Abart um, uh, model is the very noticeable exhaust note. It sounds sort of like either a boat starting up or an airplane starting up. And uh, it was kind of fun. I had kind of fun driving this, uh, Les, because I thought, I bet I can make this sound like a manual by by manually shifting, you know, the plus and minus uh, in the automatic transmission. And I could. I actually got it to, because of the exhaust note, I could lift off and and get back into it, and it would sound like a manual transmission. Just silly things car guys do here. But well, yeah, we do these things. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, and hopefully you find it fun, too. But what do you get for the Abart package? Well, you get exterior badging, a performance spoiler, dual bright exhaust tips, red brake calipers, bifunctional halogen projector headlamps, body color heated mirrors, a tire service kit, and a jack and a wrench. Wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ours had these very cool, racy-looking 17-inch, 17-by-7-inch forge aluminum hyper-black wheels with uh, 205-40-R17s uh, for rubber. And uh, I have to say it was a fun, a fun car to drive. Even when you got into it, probably thanks to this thing they call torque transfer control, it did not do any torque steer. It did not twist around. It... it you know, it hooked hard and went straight and uh, has all of 160 horsepower, but it's really well suited to this car. It it really, really felt good. Um, leather wrap shift knob, aluminum pedal covers. Uh, of course, on the inside of the 500, the body color is on the dash, which I think is fun. Really, really cool. Uh, we had the Beats audio package. Uh, which sounded fine, satellite radio and Bluetooth and all that. One thing, though, that wasn't too great was the 5-inch Uconnect display. Uh, it used a TomTom navigation system. This display was so tiny. Pretty tiny. Yeah, I think I would swap that out for something else, uh, a little bit bigger uh, type display, something a little bit more modern. Uh, I drove this thing... Uh, for an hour and a half run up to the Impa Test Days event 
and I found it to be very comfortable. It was sporty. Uh, I look forward to driving it. You did not feel claustrophobic in it because it sits, you know, the roof level, the roof is kind of high. The windows are kind of big. Um, and uh, yes, Les, you did start this with a key. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. But uh, it, it, it was good fun. Uh, I'm kind of sad to see this go from the model line of all 500s, except for the 500X, are going to go away. And it's kind of sad. It would be a great vehicle to drive in autocross, I think. It feels firmly planted. Um, and, you know, it, it, it has a, something that a lot of cars don't have, the 500, that it just had a little jauntiness or a little fun, you know. Uh, whether you got the cabriolet model or just the regular um, pop, I think was was what they called it. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Fiat? Uh, right now, I'm testing their 124 Spider that's out in the driveway, another uh, another Abarth version, and uh, you know they're great cars. Um, but the 500 going away, it's kind of sad. I'm really sad that it's kind of going away. Um, I like the electric version too, which was basically a California. Yeah, I do too. But you know, they're they're not selling, and that's a shame. Yeah, they're not selling, and they're not uh, you know really um, resonating with the people. You get thirty two miles to the gallon highway, uh, twenty four city, uh, so twenty seven all around. Uh, price on this less. Price on this out the door with a fourteen. Hundred and ninety-five dollar destination was twenty-eight thousand eight hundred. Wow! Yeah, that's not too bad, actually. No, I think this could be a future collectible, a future fun car to get into. I really do. A lot of fun, and I've driven the early ones on the track, and they were a lot of fun too. So there you have it. That is the uh, probably the last time we'll be in a Fiat five hundred in the U.S. The twenty nineteen Fiat five hundred Abarth edition. We appreciate you listening to Cruise Control Radio. Don't forget, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. It's all there, cruisecontrolradio.com. Uh, and uh, it's time for me to say, I'm Fred Stop. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye-bye. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.